0: spirit in jesus name amen i'm gonna the main uh, text tonight comes from revelations chapter 5 revelations 5 verses 5 and 6 now there's a lot in this text there's a lot you could talk about a lot to see and know but we're just going to be focusing on two key phrases two two key things from these two verses You can remain seated for the Word tonight, for the reading of the Word. But this is what it says, Revelations 5, verses 5 and 6. It says this, And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Look at your neighbor and say, Lion. Lion. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb. Look at your neighbor and say, Lamb as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Now, this scripture is packed full of things, but I just want to focus on two things from the scripture. That Jesus is the lion, and he's also the lamb. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, but he's also the lamb of God. You know, we sing songs and we refer to Jesus as the Lamb of God and the the Lion of the tribe of Judah. But there are perhaps no two different animals in the animal kingdom than a lion and a lamb. Those are two completely different animals with completely different personalities and ways of life. When I think of a lamb, the first thing, the first place I think of is a petting zoo. That's literally, when, I, when someone says lamb, I think cuddly, I think soft, I think cute, I think lovely. Is, that, is anybody on the same page with me here tonight? Lambs are not a threat to humans or other animals. They're no threat. They're not the predator. They are the prey. They are meek, peaceful animals that flee from danger. Now, a lion, has anyone ever seen a lion in a petting zoo? Would you allow your child to go into a petting zoo that has a lion? If that is you, you will never watch my child. I don't want my kids around a lion. You don't want your kids around a lion. When I think of lion, I think a, a lion just roaring. That I just... Have you anybody ever heard a lion roar in real life? Man, I just would love that. But when I think of a lion, I think of power. I think of authority. I think of the top dog, the king of the jungle. When he roars, he strikes fear into every single foe. A lion is not prey, it is, in fact, a predator. These are two completely different types of animals, two completely different animals, but we refer to Jesus as both because Jesus is, in fact, both lion and lamb. Now, it's Christmas time. I didn't know if you knew that or not. It is Christmas time. For some of you, it's been Christmas since July. For the rest of us that know Jesus, Christmas starts after Thanksgiving. Can I get an amen in the house? I've sensed some division. Anyway... Thanksgiving is over, it's Christmas time, so when I think, the, the, I, when I say this, I'm being honest. When I think about Jesus, or when I hear someone say Jesus, the first thing that pops in my head when someone says Jesus, this time of year I think of Jesus in the manger. That's the first picture I see. That's the first thing I think about. Is anybody with me on that tonight? That's the first thing I think about this time of year. I think of sweet little baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes. I don't know what those are, but they sound great. Swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. That's the Jesus I think of right now this time of year. And that, in fact, I would say is the lamb side of Jesus. But the thing is, it's important that we don't get stuck on just the lamb side of Jesus or just the lion side of Jesus, because in fact, Jesus is both. Jesus is the lamb-like lion, and Jesus is the lion-like lamb. So tonight, I just want to briefly talk about this. I want to look at Scripture. I want to look at the life of Jesus and how Jesus is both lion and lamb and why it's important that we understand that and why we need to view him as both lion and and lamb. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is the lamb. Jesus is the lamb. Let's go to John one twenty nine. Just going to read one verse. John one twenty nine. Jesus, his ministry is just about to kick off. Jesus comes to John the Baptist who is baptizing people. And this is the first thing that John says when he sees Jesus coming and, and John's actually about to baptize Jesus. I love this. He says this in verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Let's just look at Jesus, the life of Jesus for just a moment and some of his lamb-like qualities. The first thing, Jesus, the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus. Jesus showed love to the outcast. Jesus showed love to the people that no one else showed love to. Do, do, do lambs care? You ever been to a petting zoo? Has, has, have, do lambs care who's petting them? They just want to be petted, right? Jesus showed love to the outcast. In John 4, we see the woman at the well. I'm going to go through just a few examples of outcasts Jesus showed love to. Jesus and the woman at the well in John chapter 4 Jesus goes to Samaria He said it from Judea to Galilee If you don't know this Jews would avoid Samaria They would take the long way around because they could not stand the thought of talking to interacting with Samaritans But Jesus didn't avoid it he had divine appointment to meet this woman at the well that a Jew would not talk to his disciples did not want to talk to this woman Jesus speaks to this woman. Jesus tells her of his living water and that woman is made whole and made righteous at that moment. Jesus loves the outcast. Jesus in John chapter eight, there's a woman caught in adultery and everyone comes to Jesus and is wanting to stone this woman but Jesus, instead of of joining the crowd, Jesus stood up for this woman and he showed her love and compassion when no one else would. We see in Luke 19, Jesus meets Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the chief tax collector, the guy that everyone despised. When Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, he said, I want to eat with you today, Zacchaeus. Many people scoffed. Many people talked bad about Jesus because he was going somewhere that other people would never go. Religious people would not go there. But the amazing thing happened. Zacchaeus, we don't know what happened in his house, but we know that Zacchaeus encounters the love of Jesus. We know that his life is changed and transformed forever, that not only he was saved, but his house was saved. He gives half his goods to the poor, and he gives back four times to the people he defrauded. Jesus. Loves the outcast. Last one, I just felt the need to go through these. Jesus and the woman who anointed his feet with alabaster ointment or perfume. Jesus sitting at Simon the leper's house, this woman comes in and takes this perfume. This woman was believed to be a prostitute. So that perfume represented her livelihood. It's how she made a living. And she pours it on Jesus' feet. And everyone in the house is like, what's going on? And instead of rejecting this woman, Jesus embraced this woman. Jesus loved the outcast. The Lamb of God loves all people. The Lamb of God loves the outcast. Another lamb-like quality which goes hand-in-hand with love is compassion. Jesus was full of compassion. He fed 4,000 people and then 5,000 people. He healed the blind. He healed the cripple. He spoke to people and limbs went back into place. Eyes saw. We see Jesus and his emotional side, his soft side, his lamb side. When Lazarus died, the Bible says Jesus wept. He was upset for his friend. Jesus had a soft side. Jesus was love. Jesus was compassion. And he did the ultimate lamb-like thing. He did the ultimate lamb-like thing at the end of his life. He fulfilled what John the Baptist and other and other scriptures said. In John 1, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Jesus lived a perfect life, and he laid it down willingly, without a fight, just like a lamb would. Now, I could talk about Jesus and his lamb-like qualities, but I told you I'm not going to speak long, and I don't feel like I need to hang out there anymore. So let's just move on. Luke should never say, Jesus is the lion. Jesus is the lion. Jesus is, was, and always has been full of power and authority. We look in the life of Jesus in John chapter 2. Just one chapter after John the Baptist calls Jesus the Lamb of God, Jesus goes in to the temple and with power and authority, he made a whip of cords and drove out the people that were selling pigeon and ox and making his house into a, into a seller's house. Just totally abusing the house of God. He went in and whipped them out of that place, dumped their money on the floor, overturned their tables because he had the authority and the power to do so. Jesus wasn't just a lamb. Jesus was, in fact, a lion. When Jesus preached, he preached with authority we read the words of Jesus and they're unlike any words we've ever read before unlike any words ever penned, Jesus spoke with authority he spoke with power read the Sermon on the Mount Matthew 5 through 7 read that that sermon it changed the game <clears throat> Jesus spoke boldly the things he spoke were groundbreaking Jesus preached with authority People wanted to challenge Jesus. The Pharisees wanted to challenge Jesus. When they challenged him, Jesus stood up to them. He never backed down from these men. He stood strong to these men. He called them for what they were. He called them snakes. He called them broods of vipers. He shut them up and left them perplexed. Jesus spoke with power and authority. The demons submitted to Jesus. The demons trembled and feared Jesus. Jesus stumbles upon the man called Legion. The demons were afraid, scared. They feared. They trembled. They awed. When Jesus spoke, they had to listen. They had to obey. They had to flee. That's the Jesus we serve. When Jesus spoke, sickness, disease, death submitted to his authority that's the Jesus, that's the lion we serve we could go on and on there as well but the thing about Jesus and the thing about a lion a lion won't easily give up his life a lion's not just going to lay down, he's not just going to submit he's not just going to give up a lion will fight for his life, a lamb not so much but Jesus didn't fight it. When it came down to it, Jesus didn't fight it. He didn't put up a fight when they came to take his life. He didn't resist arrest. He didn't try to fight off the people that whipped him and beat him. He didn't yell back when people heckled him and scoffed at him and spit on him. He laid it down without a fight. That's what the perfect spotless lamb of God did. The lamb like lion. The lion like lamb. This is the part that I'm most excited about right here. John 10, 17 and 18 says this. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life That I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Jesus didn't fight it, but he wanted it to be clear as day that no one was going to take his life from him. But he was laying it down freely, willingly Because he had the authority to do so. And not only did he have the authority to lay it down, but he had the authority to take it back up again. When Jesus spoke, when Jesus spoke the words, it is finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. I can imagine the enemy, the devil, thought. He had the victory, and that he had won, and that Jesus had been defeated. He thought Jesus was just going to lay down like a lamb, but the thing about this is that Satan's victory, his celebration, didn't last long. As Jesus died, he went down to hell. He stared Satan in the face. He said, give me the keys to death, hell, and the grave. His victory didn't last long. As the stone of his tomb, his borrowed tomb, was rolled away, he rose from the dead, conquering death, trampling sin, and doing just what Genesis 3.15 said he would do. He would stomp on the head of the snake. That's what Jesus did. I imagine Jesus... I can imagine he stepped out of the tomb with this loud roar. He might not have literally roared, but in the spirit, I imagine a roar. Silencing and trampling the enemy and sin and death once and forever. Jesus is both. Look at your name and say, Jesus is both. Jesus is both. Jesus is both lion and lamb. He is the lamb-like lion. He is the lion-like lamb. Now, why is this important? Why is this necessary that we remember this, that we live and view God or view Jesus this way? I'm going to be very brief tonight about this, but the first thing I want to say, point number one is this. The enemy wants your view of God to be... One or the other. I believe the devil wants you to see Jesus as just the lion or just the lamb. Not both. But it is absolutely necessary that we as believers see the balance. That we see the balance of God. Because viewing God as just lion or viewing Jesus as just lamb can be dangerous let me explain myself quickly i won't spend much time here if we just view jesus as being some soft loving kind man if we just view jesus and his lamb like qualities if that's the way we see jesus at all times it can be easy for you to start abusing the love grace and mercy of god We forget so easily, perhaps, that sin actually had to be dealt with. A price had to be paid, and sin had to be defeated, and the cost was high. You know, the world, what the enemy wants the world to think is that if God was really love, they just view God as just love. And this, this trickles into the church, too, the way we talk, the way we think. We forget that there's not just a heaven, but there's actually a hell. That hell is a real place. It is in fact real. A loving God would never send one, some, someone to hell. That's what people say. God doesn't send anyone to hell. That's a choice we all make for ourselves. People say... If God is love, why is there hell? Here's the thing. God is a lot more than just love, as we've already talked about tonight, but one of the attributes of God is that God is holy. And if God's going to be holy, God must also be just. And for God to be just, sin has to be dealt with. Sin had to be judged. There is a heaven and a hell both. If we just view God as being soft, as just being the Lamb of God, if that's all we see Him as, then that could leave us believing somehow, some way, that Jesus is in fact weak. That He's just soft, mild, that He's a pushover. But if you know anything about Jesus, that's not the case whatsoever. My Jesus is not a pushover. He is not soft. In fact, He is a lamb-like lion and a lion-like lamb. If we just view Jesus as a lion, some people just have this picture of Jesus as just being a lion, just someone that's full of anger and rage and fury, just ready to strike you down when you sin. I know people that try to live out their faith that way. What a terrible way to live out your faith. Is sin costly? Yes. Does sin offend God? Yes. Most definitely it does, but our God loves us enough that when we mess up, when we're trying to follow him with all that we got, and we mess up and we slip up and we fail, he's not waiting to strike us down and smite us, but he loves us. People that view God as just a lion have a very impersonal relationship with Jesus. Jesus. They view him as almost someone you can't get close to. But Jesus is, is holy and righteous. And the amazing thing about him is he he wants to actually know us. Now second thing, why is it important? Why is it important that we view Jesus as both lion and lamb? Jesus is all that we need. Jesus is all that we need. We didn't need just one or the other. We needed both. I have moments in my life, and you do too, where you need the lamb-like side of Jesus. Where you just need someone to pick you up in their arms And wrap their arms around you and say, Son, daughter, it's gonna be okay. I'm with you. I love you. You're not a failure, you're not a mistake. You have a purpose. This thing you're going through has a purpose. Sometimes we need the lamb like side of Jesus, but there are other times that we need the lion. There are other times when I can't fight for myself, when it's just not in me. Not even, I can't even get the words out that I need Jesus to stand in the gap and take my place and fight for me and fend off my enemy because I can't do it on my own. And he is more than able and more than powerful and more than enough to fight off my enemy. And in my weakness, he will be made strong because he is both the lion and the lamb. Would you stand with me tonight? Would you just uh, begin to praise the King of Kings right now just in your own way? As you sit there, as you stand there in your pews, would you just begin to lift up the name of Jesus in this place? Man, there is so much going on in our church right now with so many people dealing with so many things. And I, I, I just want to give you the opportunity tonight. We want to pray with you. If you're in need of Jesus tonight, if you're in need of encouragement, if you need someone to fight for you, if you're going through it, I'm not going to try to push you, prod you, beg you to come to this altar, but I just want you to know it's available. So I'm going to pray, and as I pray, I want you to move if you feel led to move. And we're going to pray with those that come, and if if nothing else, we're just going to lift the name of Jesus In a way of dismissal. So would you just begin to to pray for me? Or pray not for me. Pray with me. I apologize. Pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, we need you, God. We have no idea how much we need you, Lord Jesus. We'll have no idea until all we have is you, God. I just pray, Lord, for these people. Lord, this church is going through so much right now with so many fights and attacks, God. I pray if there's anyone in this place tonight, they leave here encouraged, Lord, knowing that you're everything that they have need of, that you are all, that you are both lion and lamb, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray for these people, they leave this house encouraged, God. I pray, God, you lift their spirits, lift their souls, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, we praise you, God, that you are lion and lamb, Jesus. We thank you, God. Yes, Lord Jesus. Can I get some altar workers up here to pray with these people, please?